Welcome to Grassroot Ohio, conversations with everyday people working on important issues here in Columbus and all around Ohio. I'm Carolyn Harding, and today I'm talking with Rachel Coyle. We'll discuss the good, bad, and dangerous lame duck bills at the State House as we speak. Rachel Coyle, Innovation Ohio's communication director, was born and raised in Toledo, Ohio. She has a bachelor degree in psychology and political science from the Ohio State University and a master's degree in political communication from American University. Rachel brings a broad range of Ohio political experience to Innovation Ohio. She's held legislative and campaign roles with the Ohio Senate Democrats, directed communications for Joe Shiviani for Ohio governor and Kathy Johnson for Ohio Senate, and served as press secretary for the Ohio Democratic Party. She has previous experience with nonprofits as well, having managed grassroots advocacy and mobilization at ACLU of Ohio. In her free time, Rachel operates the popular advocacy training program, How Things Work at the Ohio State House, which teaches Ohioans how to be effective state house activists. If you're a concerned Ohio citizen and you're on Facebook, go today after this program to Rachel Coyle's How Things Work at the Ohio State House page. You'll find imperative information and guidance to help you take action at the State House to protect the issues you're fighting for or against. Rachel, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So tell our listeners, what exactly does lame duck mean? So Ohio State House operates in two-year terms, uh, and that means that at the end of every two years, there's a period where everything is trying to be passed all at the same time. Every legislator is trying to pass every bill they've introduced for the last two years, because if they don't get them through uh, by the end of that term, by the end of this year, the bills will die and they'll have to be reintroduced. So it's chaos. Uh, everybody knows it's going to be chaos. And so the, the conservative supermajority at our state house tends to hold their most conservative bills for lame duck because they know that so much is going to be moving all at the same time that they're going to be able to sneak through some things really quickly uh, without as many folks noticing. It also happens to occur in November and December of every even uh, year. So it's right after an election. It's holiday season. Most people are tuned out. And this is the time when we actually need to be the most active at the state house level. So what can listeners do during the lame duck session and why should they do anything? Yes. Yeah, so there is actually a lot we can do at in during lame duck because, like I said, so many things are moving. Uh, if you call about a bill that maybe isn't getting a lot of press attention, you might be able to get a good bill through or a bad bill um, improved, if not stopped, you can get some of the worst pieces pulled out. Because so much is happening so fast, they do tend to listen even more to citizen phone calls uh, and, and texts and tweets than this than the rest of the year. So it, it is very helpful uh, to contact them right around now. You, there's It's a lot. It's very overwhelming. The best thing to do is to follow advocacy organizations that can tell you when big bills that they're focused on are moving. So if you care about reproductive rights, you know, follow Planned Parenthood Ohio, Pro-Choice Ohio. There's a lot of great groups doing um, women and gender issues that you can follow uh, if you care about 
gun rights and, and gun reform. There's Moms Demand Action Ohio. So there's lots of different groups focused on different issue areas, and they can alert you when bills in their issue area are moving. Okay. So you sent me a action list that your organization has put together. And in this current 134th General Assembly, lame duck session, there are a lot of bills attacking voter rights, education, Ohio workers, women's reproductive rights, LGBTQIA plus rights, environmental rights, and democracy itself. So let's start with one of the most pressing that we'll deal with all Ohioans, and that is House Joint Resolution 6. And I want to just go through what Innovation Ohio's tracker information that you give us. And it really helps folks. And you can find this information, this link on Innovation Ohio's website and how things work at the Ohio State House Facebook page. But let's go through it. It says here, bills to oppose, HJR6, bad bill. And then you go through, you, you, you first talk about the status and then you talk about what it does and then maybe actions. So in this one, this bill makes it harder to pass citizen-led ballot initiatives. Do you want to talk briefly about this bill, Rachel? Sure. Yes. And anyone who's listening, we'd love to have you on our tracker. It, it, uh, like Carolyn said, it's um, it can be found on the How Things Work at the State House page or Innovation Ohio's page. It's usually the top post. I've often got it pinned for folks. And we update it constantly, several times a day at this point. But yeah, HJR6 is one of the bills, or it's actually a resolution that you're going to see all the advocacy organizations pushing back on together. Uh, It would make it very, very difficult for Ohioans who go out and gather, you know, hundreds of thousands of signatures to put an amendment on the ballot uh, to try and amend our state's constitution, which is really one of the only ways we have left to change Ohio laws because uh, we are run by a supermajority of one party. So this is a hugely important right that is now going to be more difficult to access if this resolution passes. It would require, um, if you get, you spend all those months, you know, gathering signatures and you actually get on the ballot, you would then need a supermajority of Ohio voters to come out and vote in favor of your amendment in order for it to pass. Even if you got 59% of the vote, which is obviously a majority, that would still not be enough to make your amendment into law. Uh, and this is you know, a clear attack on folks who are going out and collecting signatures who don't have millions and millions of dollars to go on TV and convince the whole state to convince a super majority of the state uh, of their issue. And so it really is very disturbing that they're going after this, this last remaining right that the people have to change the constitution. And we got to fight back against it. And Rachel, is that does that go for the legislators' initiatives as well? It didn't initially. Uh, when they first introduced this amendment, it was so blatant what they were trying to do that it would only apply to citizens who collected signatures to put uh, an amendment on the ballot. And so many people got loud so quickly uh, that they actually changed it so that now applies to them too. And they're like, look, it's better. Uh, but in fact, we all know that they would still have the access to those resources and those connections needed uh, to make their argument to a supermajority of the state. So it still is unfair, but it is it is funny that when they first came out with it, it was so obvious what they were attempting to do. Well, what are some of the actions that citizens can do for this bill? 
House Joint Resolution 6. Yes. So this bill is moving very, very quickly. Uh, It actually has two hearings this week. So one of the best things that you can do um, is to contact, at least for now, and it's probably going to leave committee fairly soon, but you can contact the House Government Oversight Committee, uh, the chair and the members, tell them that you're watching this bill closely and you do not want it to pass. Um, And then beyond that, you can contact, you can always contact state house leadership. So House Speaker Cup and Senate President Matt Huffman, tell them that no matter where this resolution is in the process, you want them to help stop it. Uh, And we will keep updating our tracker, especially with with resolutions like this that are moving so fast uh, to make sure that you are contacting the right people for where the bill is in the process. Rachel, but contact these legislators knowing that they are pushing this legislation, it still has impact? Absolutely, yes. Um, We are actually hearing, especially on on issues like this, that there is so much public pressure against this resolution that there are some Republican members who are uncomfortable with it. Uh, there There is absolutely a chance to stop this in the State House. We stopped a similar resolution uh, in 2018 during lame duck, I believe, um, HJR 19, that would have made it harder to pass citizen ballot initiatives. So it has been done before in recent years, even with a supermajority run in the state house. And if we don't stop it in this process, if we actually end up having to go to the ballot, uh, we would have that next step to to try and stop this, try and convince people not to vote for it, it would just be, you know, more expensive and more time consuming. So we'd love to stop it now if possible. And what is the connection with the, uh, uh, let's see, Secretary of State? Yes, that is a fascinating aspect of this. Ohio Secretary of State, Frank LaRose, he's the guy who runs your state's elections. He is the leading the charge for this resolution. And it is very unusual, in my experience, for the Secretary of State to come out with a bill that he wants passed and to go to the legislature and ask them to pass something. It is especially the person who's supposed to be making our elections accessible very strange to see him go out and try and make it more difficult uh, to change Ohio laws as a citizen. It's it's disturbing, to be very honest with you. I'm, I'm it has been a, a strange thing to watch for him to be the one leading this charge. Uh, unless he's running for something, unless uh, he happens to be running for something, which is absolutely a rumor. Yep. Right. Exactly. I want to just um, let folks know that there is going to be a rally on Tuesday, December 13 at 1115 in Columbus, a coalition of organizations rallying against this HJR six and fair districts, Ohio. Um, you can get information about this rally on their webpage. So Tuesday, December 13 at 1115 AM at the Trinity Episcopal church in broad street, Columbus. Okay, let's move on. So this is the kind of help you can get from her, her bill tracker, let's look at some additional bills that need immediate citizen action as well. Let's look at HB 294, and you say it's a bad bill. It attacks Ohio voters. Tell us a little bit about this bill. Yes. So HB 294, there are actually several bills moving right now that would uh, make it more difficult to vote as an Ohioan. 294 seems to be the the broadest one. So we are assuming that they will end up adding other pieces of other bills to this one. But again, in lame duck, anything can happen. So we'll see. HB 294 has several concerning pieces of it. 
One of them is that it severely restricts the use of ballot drop boxes, which are already heavily restricted by that same guy, Frank LaRose, that we just mentioned. It also makes it, it gets rid of the Monday of early vote before election day, which is one of the most heavily trafficked days of of early voting. Uh, And it increases, it's looking like it's going to severely increase restrictions on what sort of ID and identification overall you need to go in and vote, which just disenfranchises people left and right, you know, people who move a lot, uh, younger voters, college students. There's a lot of reasons why we're concerned about this bill. uh, And we are watching for lots of different bills to be amended into it as well. Okay, what should people do about this bill? So this bill is also moving very quickly in the state house. Uh, this it's got a hearing on Thursday, I believe, and one today. So it is the best thing to do right now is to follow these some of the organizations that Carolyn mentioned, like uh, Fair Districts and the Ohio Voter Rights uh, Coalition. Lots of these groups are following this bill very closely, ACLU, Innovation Ohio, uh, and they will give you calls to action. Our top call to action right now is still the committee chair, because that's where that bill is in the House. And that is the same committee as HJR 6, uh, House Government Oversight. We are actually going to be attending a hearing uh, today with both bills being heard. So that is the focus committee for a lot of organizations this, this time around. Excellent. And um, Senate Bill 178, education under attack. And you've listed several education bills under attack. So let's talk about those. Senate Bill 178. Unfortunately, yes, the attacks on education seem to be very prominent this lame duck cycle, probably because we've seen a lot of messaging over the last year or two uh, against public education, you know, attacking teachers, saying that teachers are indoctrinating or grooming students. We've seen book bans moving. So there are a lot of bills in this general area of, of issues. SB 178 would uh, make it so that the most of the power from the state board of education in Ohio would be removed and given to the governor's office. Mm. And this is particularly notable because several democratic leaning progressive state board of education members were just elected this past November. And conveniently, we are now working as the legislature to take all their power away and give it to the governor. All right. And another bad bill, HB 748, teachers under attack. Yes, this one would require schools to create a policy. Uh, Basically, it comes at it from the assumption that teachers are trying to indoctrinate uh, their students or or groom their students or whatever those those trigger words are, um, that it would require the policy to to talk about teachers engaging in political, partisan, ideological advocacy, um, unfairly evaluating students' work because they don't agree with them. This policy on its face is not as troubling as what it implies, because it means that a lot of teachers will be scared to accidentally cross that imaginary line. And so they might shy away from for example, you know, having debates in the classroom because they don't want to be at- accused of something. And it is that is the disturbing trend that we're seeing is these bills that are making teachers afraid to teach entire subject areas. And this, what would be the the repercussion if they did um, accidentally talk about something they weren't supposed to talk about? It's different bill to bill. Um, I'll have to check to see what this particular bill would do. Some of the book bans we're seeing would, you know, teachers could lose their licenses. They could be sued by parents. There's a lot of really 
troubling uh, punishments bill to bill that we're all fighting back against at once. As a teacher, that is really terrifying, actually. The next um, education bill is Senate Bill 361. And that's that's about employing veterans as teachers without a teaching license. Can you talk a bit about that? Yes. So that one is, it's very, very easy to understand. It's just what you said. It would allow veterans, which, you know, we absolutely value and respect our veterans, uh, but it is a different skill set to be a teacher um, that would you know, that we want to make sure our teachers are qualified, that they're it's certified, and this would allow uh, any veteran essentially to teach without a teaching license. And that is, you know, we are absolutely seeing a decrease in folks wanting to be teachers. We're seeing resignations because we as a society have made it so difficult to be a teacher because they're always under attack. They used to be lifted up as heroes, and that's that's no longer happening The solution, of course, is to value education rather than trying to convince other people who aren't certified to to come into the classroom. Yeah. And also income, too. Yes, absolutely. There's one more education under attack bill, and that is Senate Bill 365. It includes free market capitalism content in educational standards. Can you explain that? Yes. So it would require schools uh, to have a curriculum aspect of their curriculum talking, you know, singing the praises, essentially of free market capitalism, uh, which is <laughs> just, you know, not where I would, if I were going to require certain aspects of education, that's probably not where I'd go. And that would be a requirement. So um, Rachel, what advocacy groups could really help folks with the educational bills? There are some great ones. One of my favorites that I really want to lift up is the Honesty for Ohio Education Coalition. Uh, they are several groups together now, and they are, they're new in the last year or two. They actually formed to help stop the book and curriculum bans and have now brought into protecting all of Ohio's education. They're very active in the fight to defend the State Board of Education from uh, this power grab. They have successfully stopped several attacks on LGBTQ students uh, in this past year. So honesty for Ohio education, just incredible. We also have two really strong teachers unions in Ohio, um, the Ohio Education Association, OEA, and then OFT, the Ohio Federation of Teachers. They're always constantly putting out great content that highly recommend following. Excellent. This is Carolyn Harding with Grassroot Ohio. And today I'm talking with Rachel Coyle. She is with Innovation Ohio and How Things Work at the Ohio State House. Let's move on to another democracy under attack bill, Senate Bill 16, the anti-protest bill. And I, I'm not sure if this is the same bill that I have fought against, but about folks who want to stand up against frack infrastructure and that kind of people that want to protest pipelines. Is that the same bill, Rachel? Unfortunately, no. There are several anti-protest bills in Ohio. This one is moving very quickly, uh, SB 16. I am especially disturbed by this one because it would create a new penalty for peacefully obstructing a passageway, so a highway, a street, or a sidewalk. And their argument is that it would stop uh, an emergency service vehicle from getting to an injured person. But you know that they are doing that because they want an excuse to punish and arrest protesters for peacefully marching in the streets, uh, which we saw during the Black Lives Matter marches and and everything. And uh, very, very troubling. Hopefully we can stop that bill again this cycle. Oh, so that's been up before. 
It has been, it's came up, um, well, most of these came up during the Black Lives Matter marches uh, in light of them. Uh, and we have seen people rise up against them over the past, I guess, year and a half, two years now, and really slow these bills down. Uh, these protest bills are definitely some of the ones that they're trying to sneak through, hoping you've forgotten about them uh, in the last year or two. So hopefully we're going to be able to to let enough people know it's happening. So there's another one about um, protesting, and that's Senate Bill 185. And anti-protest bill resources for suppressing mobs, bans communities from stopping or restricting the sale of guns during emergencies and more. Yep, this one, it's largely focused on a lot or making sure that people can buy a lot of guns during protests, <laughs> which is just going to lead to chaos. Um, it would ban uh, this stopping, it would ban communities from stopping the sale of uh, firearms. It would also just increase penalties and increase uh, opportunities for communities to suppress mobs, suppress riots, that kind of thing. So it is not as troubling to me as SB 16, but just adding more guns to the situation doesn't feel like a great plan. Who are the advocacy groups for those two bills? We are actually, so one of my favorites right now is uh, OFUPAC. They are new this year as well. They're doing a lot of great criminal justice and democracy work. Uh, there's also ACLU has been fighting against these. Um, and there are several Free Speech Ohio coalition members uh, like the UUJO, the, the UUJO Church is doing some good work too. So there's lots of folks focused on these. Um, have been for the last two years. Shout out to them for following these for so long. And so hopefully they can... Uh, What's the first group that you mentioned? Sure. Yes. OFUPAC. It's Ohio Families United for Political Action and Change. Let me make sure I got that right. Yep. Ohio Families Unite for Political Action and Change. OFUPAC. They're new this year. They're doing great criminal justice reform work. Highly recommend following those folks. All right. And then before we move on to bills to support, there are a couple. There's the environmental bill, the radioactive nuclear bill, HB 434, which Grassroot Ohio interviewed folks last week. And we have a whole episode on it. And it's still in the in the works. Can you tell us a little bit about where we are in status? That bill is still moving, uh, moving fairly quickly. It had a hearing yesterday in the Ohio Senate Energy and Public Utilities Committee. Uh, and it did not pass that committee. So you, if you want to follow uh, that committee, that'll probably be the best way to help stop that bill. Call the chair, call the members and tell them that you want that bill to not move forward and lame duck. That's the, the Senate Energy and Public Utilities Committee. Okay. And if they want an advocacy group is the Ohio Anti-Nuclear Coalition. Folks can follow them to get more information about this. And that's a on Blogspot. What about some anti-reproductive rights bills that we need? Are there anything that are really pressing that are going to be passed during lame duck, Rachel? There are a lot of abortion ban bills in in the state house that have varying degrees of move forward. But luckily, we are not seeing as many move uh, this past couple of weeks. One that we are watching, they are, and it hasn't actually been announced yet, but they've been talking about it in the press, is we've had several uh, instances go national in Ohio of folks not being able to access health care or being actually put at risk uh, because the doctor sent them home to wait to make sure they were having a miscarriage, for example. Uh, so basically, they're going to change, they're going to tweak a few words in Ohio's six-week abortion ban and say that that's better. And we all know that the the problem is the ban itself, and changing a few words is not going to give anyone their rights back. So there is definitely going to be a 
politically motivated couple tweaks uh, to Ohio's six-week ban to try and make folks feel better about it. And we can't let that happen. And what about anti-LGBTQIA plus bills? There is a bill moving uh, HB 151 that would ban uh, trans youth from participating in sports. Uh, and it would um, it's in the Senate primary and secondary education committee. Uh, and it is that is the best place to go to contact that chair uh, and contact the members and tell them that you do not support that bill. It had a hearing this week as well. So we are still. Yes. And supposedly they took away the egregious yes. aspect of having <laughs> to have like a actual search, private search of these yeah. these children's bodies. Yep. Ohio went viral again for all the, the wrong reasons when it was discovered that the original version of this bill would require some students, um, if they're accused of being transgender, if they're accused of trying to play in the wrong gender sport, they could be subject to genital inspections, which is, uh, is truly horrifying. horrifying. Um, they have removed that piece of the bill because they got national attention for it, uh, but it would still do the main thing, which is stop trans youth from, from participating in sports. But yeah, wild times at the state house. <laughs> hey folks, we can, you can access the list of all these bills with all your actions to take and status where they are. Where can they find it again, Rachel? It is the top post on the how things work at the state house and the Innovation Ohio social media pages, and we email it out as well. So if you're following Innovation Ohio's email list, you'll you'll get it several times. I'm sure in the next couple of weeks. Okay, now here are a couple positive bills that we should support in the lame duck session. Let's talk about them. The HB 142, which um, is about doula services. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, it's good to end with some positive bills. And it's there really are good things we can get done during lame duck. I want to highlight that. This one is huge, HB 142. Uh, it really does have a good chance of passing this cycle if we get enough support for it. It would establish a program for uh, insurance coverage of doula services. A lot of folks of color especially use doulas, um, and there isn't currently a way to cover them because they're not. there's not a way to certify them. So it would also require the board of nurses to establish a certification process and a registry of certified doulas that you could use that would then be covered by insurance and you would be sure they're they're qualified. So it would help decrease Ohio's maternal and infant mortality rates and it would be very, very beneficial. So we're trying to get that one through this this year. How does it look? Does it have good bipartisan support? It does. Um, and it's already passed the House. It's in the Senate now, Senate Health Committee, and is still getting hearings this week. So I've I've got hope for it, but it needs your calls. Okay. And the HB 500, which ends mandatory bind over for youth offenders. Can you give us illuminate, please? Sure. So HB 500, um, right now in Ohio, there are certain offenses where a youth offender is automatically sent to adult court, no matter what. Uh, and that can end up, you know, they end up in adult prison system. Very, very traumatizing. Uh, and this would just give, it would allow judges discretion case to case. They could be like, this child, because of this situation, should not be sent to adult court. And so it would just allow judges to decide uh, whether or not that is necessary instead of forcing it. Um, we're actually trying to get this bill added to other bills amended into them. And we are hopeful that we can get it added to other criminal justice bills. So there's instructions for that in the in the tracker. Okay, Rachel, real quick, tell us about HB 509 victory. And we have less than a minute. 
All right. We had a victory this week. Uh, Ohio was about to make it so that people could work as social workers without a social work license. And we got that removed because of your calls and texts. You are awesome. So we protected the social work profession and everyone who needs social workers. Shout out to you. Okay, Rachel, what's your number one recommendation for concerned citizens during the lame duck session? Follow how things work at the state house and follow Innovation Ohio, and we will send you out to all of our partners and they're doing great work out there. All right. Thanks for joining us today, Rachel. Thanks for having me. In addition to our Friday 5 p.m. broadcast on WGRN.org, Grassroot Ohio now airs on Sundays at 2 p.m. on WCRSFM.org, 92.7, 98.3 FM Columbus, and at 4 p.m. at WEJPLP, 107.1 FM in Wheeling, Moundsville, West Virginia. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.